Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a deep dive look into Epcot's World Showcase and talk about some of the things you might be missing at each of the World Showcase pavilions. Final episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast monetarily, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Patrons receive bonus content and access to our supporters' Facebook page. You can also support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. If you're planning Disney vacation, let me do all the hard work for you. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmission.net. Connect with the podcast anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, we are going to take a trip to Epcot to the World Showcase. Now, Leslie and I both have not been back for a long time, but we are mentally preparing to get back sometime this year. And part of that is, you know, we were looking at the pavilions. And if you think about the World Showcase, there's a lot of kind of main things that people will hit at each pavilion. But Leslie and I want to highlight some of our favorite things that you may not think about checking out when you are visiting the World Showcase in Epcot. So, Leslie, just a quick reminder, if someone is not familiar, what is the World Showcase exactly? So it is the back half of Epcot, all the countries, the country pavilions that go around the water. And it's really fun. And for those of us who love to travel, I think like a lot of us discovered our love of travel, like as young kids walking around World Showcase. I know I did. Random cartography aside, It is the back half of Epcot from the parking lot. But if you're looking at a map, it's actually the south side of Epcot. So that always kind of uh, breaks my brain a little bit. Yeah, fair enough. I just think about it coming through the the front entrance. But there's also, of course, the International Gateway entrance as well. So I guess it depends what direction you're coming from and whether you're looking at a compass or (laughs) whatnot. Look, these are the things that someone who always has their GPS pointing north thinks about. So I'm sure there's some of you out there. Important, important. Okay, fast fact about Epcot, Joe. The first country, as you're sort of facing World Showcase, to the left is Mexico. And the last country, like on the the right-hand side, if you're following that loop, is Canada. Why? I I don't know. Something about North America would be my guess. Apparently, the the plan was just to have America's neighbors kick off either either end of World Showcase as a show of good faith. Well, that's something we definitely need these days, so sounds good. All right, well, let's dive in, Joe. Where are we going to start? I guess I always go left around World Showcase. Do you? <laughs> I generally go left as well, so, you know, let's do that. Let's uh, start in Mexico. So what Leslie and I have done is we split all the countries in half, except for America, which we will touch on in the end. So let's start with Mexico. Now, the thing that people generally love to hit in Mexico is La Cava Tequila, which is, uh, Leslie, I think that's the first place we ever hung out. No, no, I think it was Brown Derby. La Cava Tequila was the second place we ever hung out in real life. I definitely have pictures of us in La Cava Tequila, but is that really the first time we met there? We met at Brown Derby, and then I think the next day uh, we went to La Cava Tequila. Okay. But uh, we digress, we digress. La Cava Tequila is... A tequila bar, as you can assume from the name, they have great snacks and plates that you can share. And it's overall a good vibe. However, it was very tough to get into pre-pandemic. Obviously, with the social distancing and things like that, it is even harder to get into now. But that's kind of, if you are of drinking age, 
and partake in alcohol, the main thing that a lot of people like to hit in the Mexico Pavilion. Now, what I chose as kind of an underrated or less thought of part of the Mexico Pavilion to hit, it's actually part of Three Caballeros, which is the ride in the Mexico Pavilion, which... Of course, everyone does. However, I just want to give a shout out to the fact that at the beginning of the ride, you are riding along the river under San Angel Inn, which is the table service dining in there. And you're under the stars with Chichen Itza to your right. And, you know, I think just that short section of Three Caballeros is so nice and so peaceful. Really, my tip is to look up. You know, go stargazing in the Mexico Pavilion. It's something that I always enjoy. And I think sometimes people miss because they're, you know, at the beginning of a ride, you're generally checking your phone and stuff like that. Don't do that. Uh, Stargaze a little bit at the fake stars. Uh, That's what I really enjoy to do in the Mexico Pavilion. Yeah, I love Grand Fiesta Tour. That is such an underrated ride. There's never never a line. And you're right. The way it kicks off is really just so beautiful. It's a lot like for folks who haven't been to Walt Disney World but have been to Disneyland. It's a lot like the start to Pirates of the Caribbean as you cruise by Blue Bayou. And it feels very relaxing, like kind of an escape from the hustle and bustle of the theme park. So um, I have to throw in, though, Joe, (laughs) even though Mexico isn't the country I was assigned to, do go get a photo of your kids in the giant giant sombreros outside because I have pictures from my own childhood with my sister, my cousins. I have pictures of my kids. It's just like one of those like wacky traditions that has like hung in there forever. And I always love like having a picture, a photo op that you can have through the generations. And those have survived, I guess, for for long enough for for me to have photos of myself and and my kids as well. Very nice. And if you uh, did not throw your phone out the window, yes, thank you, Leslie. The Attraction is called Grand Fiesta Tour. Three Caballeros are the main players in the attraction. I think technically isn't the ride now called Grand Fiesta Tour featuring the Three Caballeros? I'll have to look that up. Thank you. Thank you for that, Leslie. Thank you. I'm throwing you a bone. Throwing you a bone. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But whoever was upset uh, that I messed it up threw their phone out the window already anyway. All right. Norway. What do we got? All right. Well, I guess you're going to sense a theme here because (laughs) I just mentioned a photo op in Mexico, but there's a photo op in Norway. I mean, of course, Norway is is all things frozen now, right? You can see Anna and Elsa and you can ride Frozen Ever After. So that that is the place that princess loving and frozen loving families make a beeline to. But I love the old school Norway, the the Norway of the Maelstrom ride and the, the deep history and the magic. And the thing that is just my favorite since childhood is the giant carved troll that you can take a photo with. I mean, it's just so steeped in kind of like weirdness. It's great. I love it. I love it. So definitely pay the troll a visit and and take a break from frozen fever. Wait, where is that? I feel like I've taken a picture with a Viking, but uh, not necessarily a troll. So it's inside the shop. I'm trying to think of exactly where it is in the pavilion, but yeah, if you go if you go shopping in Norway, you'll you can't miss it. It's right it's right there and it's big. All right, I've pulled a picture up and yes, it looks like a very fun photo op. So definitely gonna have to do that next time. All right, well, let's move it along uh, further into World Showcase. What's next in China, Joe? So, in China, there is the Circle Vision show that 
has been recently updated. I think they ended up finally updating it. Sorry, I'm a little rusty on that, which sometimes people go to. I almost chose that as the thing to go to because I feel like a lot of people skip it, but I think enough people go. However, I want to highlight the Temple of Heaven, which I've actually been to in real life, and it's a pretty decent replica. You can actually go inside that, and there are some fun things you can play with sound-wise as you go in there. And it's not a place that tons of people go into, so I definitely suggest that you should check that out. And another thing in China is people really do like getting drinks from the cart that's outside of China, like uh, Tipsy Ducks in Love, which is probably the only coffee-based drink I have like ever enjoyed in my entire life. Lots to do in China. Of course, there's Nine Dragons, which is not open right now, but that's the sit-down restaurant. And there's also a quick service Chinese restaurant, although I probably would honestly say I prefer Panda Express. But yes, definitely check out the Temple of Heaven. Go inside there. I didn't even know for a long time that you could go inside there. So don't miss it. Yeah, I definitely don't think I've ever done that. I really haven't done a deep dive into the China Pavilion. So definitely got to add that to my list for our next trip. All right, so let's move it along to Germany. What's going on in Deutschland? All right. Well, I love the Germany Pavilion. That is one of my absolute favorites. I have a lot of happy childhood memories of eating at Beer Garden and seeing like the Oompa Band and like all the good food. And uh, it's really, it's really a fun, fun and festive pavilion and a lot of a lot of neat architecture to take a look at. But one thing I had a really hard time choosing <laughs> as to like the underrated sort of secret attractions that are in the Germany pavilion. So I'm kind of cheating. and I'm going to name two. The first are the model trains, the Epcot Garden Railway, which is right next to the German pavilion. And it was actually an addition for I think the 1995 Flower and Garden Festival that was supposed to be temporary, but it was such a hit it stayed. So this is a great thing to do if you have young kids. I have spent many, many hours with like tired kids as we make our way around World Showcase, just kind of like taking a break and watching the the model trains. It's just a a great kid-friendly feature and, you know, to pass the time, especially if you're eating a snack or something like that. So I highly recommend that. And speaking of snacks, I have to, of course, recommend the store full of caramel filled treats, most notably the caramel popcorn at Germany. So that's a, a must do for snack fans. So grab your caramel popcorn and watch some trains. Yes. As I said on a very early episode, uh, the Stroop waffle version is my favorite. I think the label is green. I'll also give a shout out to the Christmas ornament shop in Germany. We've definitely gotten Christmas ornaments more than one year there. So if you're into that sort of thing, you know, there's a lot of cute ornaments there for your tree to commemorate your trip, even if you're not going over the holidays. For sure. That's definitely a super cute shop. All right, Joe. Well, let's move it along. And next up is Italy. And you've got that one. So if it was still happening right now, I really would highlight the entertainment. Unfortunately, they were already cutting back on some of that entertainment before the pandemic. And, you know, a lot of that has not come back. You know, they used to have jugglers and people doing tricks with flags and stuff like that. Whenever I walk by the Italy pavilion, of course, there's a replica of St. Mark's Square, like a small version. And, you know, that entertainment would be happening that street atmosphere would be happening in st mark square it's a real bummer that that's not around if that comes back definitely check that out that's something that your kids might be into i'm into a little bit myself you know i'll, I'll stop for five minutes to watch as well people of course love to go to via napoli it's one of the kind of best value places to eat for sit down table service restaurants of course it's going to be more expensive than a normal pizza but overall since you're sharing a pizza 
the cost for an entire family is going to be less than if you're each getting your own entrees. But I want to highlight Tuto Gusto Wine Cellar, which Len Testa told me about like years ago on my other podcast. And, you know, I want to highlight it for two reasons. One, you can get food there, which is nice. But two, it's a wine cellar, which means it's in the basement, which means it's extra cool. And, you know, it really feels like, uh, you know, I've been to Italy wine tasting and things like that. And, you know, you get to go into these wine cellars and just relax, you know, drink some wine, have some food, either real food or small plates. And, you know, Tuto Gusto is great for that. And, you know, it's a lot easier to get a table there than it is at Via Napoli. Uh, And it's right in the middle of World Showcase. So it's a good time to take a break and get a meal. For sure. That's another one that I did not know about. So adding it to my list. Thanks for the recommendation, Joe. Oh, and then the other thing I wanted to say was because this is the only country that is on my list that I can talk about this for. There is a wine flight that you can get where you can get a small glass of wine at Germany, Italy, and France. So the European wine countries. And so, you know, I want to highlight that if you uh, want to taste wines from different countries, you know, definitely get that wine flight. You can get at any of the three countries, but Italy is the only time uh, I have it on my list. So. Oh, really interesting. So many ways to drink around the world in Epcot, right? (laughs) Yeah, actually, I should not. uh, I'm not going to reference alcohol anymore. I realize that (laughs) I've done that for two countries already. So we're going to skip over America and get to Japan. So what do you have for us in Japan? All right. Uh, Japan is another country I love. I learn Japanese oddly in high school in Alabama. Go figure. Not that I can remember any of it, but I do, I do really enjoy um, the architecture and the the culture. And um, one of the things that's, it's fairly new. I can't remember how many years it's been around, maybe two or three or four is the exhibition at the Bujutsu Khan gallery, where they have an exhibition of all things kawaii, which means in Japanese cute. So, you know, all the little anime things that we love and that have been exported over and and you know it's an exhibition about why japan loves kawaii so much so it's really kind of one of those things where like a grown-up can go and take one thing out of it and and learn something and the kids can just see the cute anime characters and figures and toys and things like that so just a brief stop um and an escape from the heat so that's something that's uh really cute uh, i guess pun intended uh trip addition to the japan pavilion and an Honorable mention, I do have to mention as well. I mean, Japan has a ton of great restaurants, several really nice uh, sit-down restaurants. But I also have to give a shout-out to the Quick Service, which is Katsura Grill. So if you don't have time to do, you know, a nice, like, sit-down meal in Japan and you just want a taste of the food and the food is is very healthy, you can get kind of like a rice bowl, teriyaki bowl, something like that, then I love stopping by Katsura Grill because especially if there's not a food festival going on. If there's a food festival going on, I'm probably eating at one of the booths. But if there's not, then that's sort of my, my fallback place to eat in Epcot if I can't sit down for a meal. And the thing that people are generally checking out in Japan, besides marveling at the architecture, is they're going to Mitsukoshi, which is the department store, which is a ton of fun, especially if you like Japanese type products. There's a, And there's probably a lot of fun products in there that you never even thought that you might want. Quick plug here. If you ever get to anywhere in Asia, Mitsukoshi, the department store, these department stores are like 12 14 stories high you know each floor is gigantic so if you think the mitsukoshi in epcot world showcase is good hopefully one day you get to uh 
experience the real thing. Like Leslie said, a lot of times World Showcase can inspire people to travel around the world. And I'd just like to point out that Mitsukoshi is in a lot of Asian countries, of course, Japan where it's from, but also a lot of the other ones as well. Great to know. All right. Japan, definitely a highlight. So uh, spend some more time there next trip. All right. Let's move it along to Morocco, Joe. All right. So Morocco is in a bit of a weird space right now. Disney took over the table service restaurant, but I did want to highlight that if you go to the back of Morocco, it is kind of set up like a bazaar. It's a marketplace. You know, there's different things that you can buy, probably stuff that you might not want to buy. However, it just feels just very authentic back there, as authentic as you can get in Florida, at least, uh, if you're trying to represent the country of Morocco. And so wander the back streets, quote unquote, of the marketplace, uh, the bazaar in Morocco. You know, there's some shade back there as well, but I think it's uh, definitely worth checking out. And of course, people um, really enjoy Tangerine Cafe if you like Mediterranean food. So you can check that out as well. Yeah, it's really a beautiful pavilion, and my husband loves Moroccan cuisine, so that's always where he wants to eat, but um, I'm always, my wife like, too. angling that's for like Japan. Only, <laughs> my, this is my wife, too. She's like, she's like, oh, this is pretty good, yeah, so, yeah. and I, I won't eat it with her here, so she gets me all the way to Disney World to get that kind of fare. That's totally what we do, too. <laughs> that's funny. Amazing, amazing. So, next up is the France Pavilion, which we're going to take a little bit of time here because there's going to be a lot going on in the France Pavilion after October 1st. Yes, there's so much in flux right now. Of course, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is going to be opening October 1st and La Creperie. And there's just a lot happening and a lot changing at France. So it's a pavilion that I suppose is going to take on different meaning and people are going to tour differently in the coming year and and beyond. So, So definitely something to keep in mind. But as far as Things that are underrated or or not as known about the you know France Pavilion of course has all this great food and nice restaurants and but a highlight is definitely the ice cream and I'm gonna butcher the name of the place that sells ice cream but I think it's L'Artisan de Glace if I I apologize to anybody who's a, a French speaker but <laughs> she took Japanese not French folks. yeah. <laughs> No, not French. So anyway, but the ice cream's great there and they have really fantastic seasonal ice creams. I know a lot of people are huge fans of the gingerbread at Christmas time. So definitely a cool treat on a hot day, especially sort of back in the depths of World Showcase when you need a sugar rush. That's a good place to hit. Definitely. And the brioche ice cream sandwich, it's generally a little bit overboard, but I still try to get it anyway. Check it out. At the very least, it's fun to watch them make it. All right, Joe, well, hopping across the pond to the United Kingdom, what do you love to do there that's on the DL? So if you have kids who do not feel like being adventurous for food, you definitely can get fish and chips either at the quick service restaurant or inside the bar, the Rosen Crown. Quick shout out, one of our patrons, Brad B, left us a tip that there's sometimes a piano player in the Rosen Crown who is a real delight. So if that's happening, definitely check that out. I want to highlight... I've said this before a long time ago, but there are some gardens in the back that were actually slated to be destroyed for the uh, Mary Poppins attraction. But since the Mary Poppins attraction sounds like it's no longer happening, I think these gardens are going to stick around for a while. There are sometimes concerts back there, but if there's not a outdoor concert happening or 
a musical act that's back there. It's really quiet back there. So it's just nice to walk around, get some quiet. The World Showcase can get pretty crazy. I think the reason why I shared about it years ago was because I had a kid who was napping in the stroller. And so I just wandered through those gardens and uh, let the kids sleep. I think, uh, you know, gardens might be overselling it a bit, but it's nice and quiet back there. So definitely recommend you uh, check that out. And also our other patron, Jamie R., has bought some cool t-shirts in the UK pavilions shop, including uh, one for Liverpool, which is the football club that she supports a soccer club for us Yankees. And then also, you know, some other Mickey related kind of UK themed outfits. So definitely check out that shop. It's pretty cool. Plus you can get some tea, which I bought for my wife before. Yeah. Well, that sounds like another, another great stop. Thanks Joe. All right. So let's end things in Canada. Our other neighbor. All right, our neighbor to the north, I have to admit that I definitely give Canada short shrift because, as I said, I always start in Mexico and I'm working my way around World Showcase. And usually by the time I'm getting close to Canada, then I'm totally out of time or everybody's exhausted and I don't spend enough time there. So I, of course, did a little bit of research for this and need to give Canada its due. So I'm sorry to our Canadian neighbors. The Something that's great there is there's a beautiful waterfall in sort of the back of the pavilion. You got to make your way towards the entrance of the new show that's in Canada, hosted by Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy. Canada far and wide that's re- that replaced um oh Canada so I haven't seen the new show yet so I'm going to be doing that but as part of getting to that show you will see the waterfall and there's a, some benches there you can kind of sit and have a snack or a break if you just sort of need a quiet moment I love all the architecture though in the Canada pavilion I think sometimes those of us who are Americans sort of think of like Canada is kind of like America and not really like that, you know, unique or having, you know, that much to offer. But then you walk through and you see the beautiful hotel uh, replica and you see the totem poles and you see sort of the outdoorsy culture. Um, it's really just visually quite arresting. So two thumbs up to that. But and, and there are also some gardens. That's the, that's one thing that um, you should definitely give a look to, especially during the Flowering Garden Festival, because they just really do them up. Tons of gardens to stroll through. So really just a lot of nooks and crannies in Canada that are totally unappreciated, probably because of its location. Maybe at least by me, maybe other people are better about going right around World Showcase and have seen more of it, but not I. All right. And uh, of course, I misspoke. We are not ending in Canada. We are ending in the country that we call home. America, the American Adventure is there. You're probably, if you've ever called Disney, familiar with the music from that. That show, most people hit one, it's a very good show, but two, lots of great air conditioning. So it works double that way. And also, super popular these days is Regal Eagle Smokehouse, which recently opened. That's been really highly rated, and I'm interested in checking that out. You know, there's outdoor seating there, which is great too. Uh, I forgot to mention when Leslie was talking about Katsura Grill, you can eat outside there as well next to a koi pond. So that's another great outdoor eating option for quick service. For under the radar thing to highlight in the American Pavilion, I would say the Voices of Liberty, which is an acapella group that often is singing while you're waiting for the American Adventure. I feel like that's something that people don't go out of their way to see, but 
they always enjoy it when they do see it. And in fact, waiting for the American Adventure in general, I feel like there's a lot of cool stuff to see. Yeah, the Voices of Liberty are so awesome. I mean, of course, being married to somebody who was a an acapella singer back in the day, I always yeah, I should have let my... you share this one. I should have let you share this one. You're right. And you know how much I love the Dapper Dan's. Um, same same idea for Voices of Liberty. Just some really talented performers at Walt Disney World. So two thumbs up to that. Yep. All right, Joe. Well, let's close it out with our usual Disney do or don't. What you got for us? All right. So my Disney do is if you are at the World Showcase, especially just as an adult, uh, perhaps on a date or with a friend, I would really suggest doing this research made me realize even though I know there's so much cool stuff in the World Showcase, I feel like I'm still like always rushing and I don't take the time to explore like those back nooks and crannies of the different pavilions, whether it be the Marketplace in Morocco or Victoria Gardens in Canada. So really, you know, if you're not pushing a stroller, if you're not kind of encumbered by uh, young children, just take a wander in the back and see what's there. Even in the popular pavilions like France, um, you can wander to the back and see what's back there as well. I just think it's worth the time. And Disney put so much time and effort and detail into these pavilions. It definitely pays off if you check it out back there. I totally agree. I think one of the downsides of having almost year-round festivals in Epcot and around World Showcase is that people forget that there are all these little nooks and crannies in the the country pavilions themselves because you're, you know, instead getting food right out front. So um, this is definitely something that I needed the reminder for. So thanks for thinking of the show idea, Joe. What can I say? I just I just miss it so bad. I miss Disney World so bad, Leslie. So bad. So bad. It's it's getting close, Joe. You're you got a trip coming up. We can't wait to hear about it. We're hoping, we're hoping, crossing those. Fingers. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so that is what we found in our research for Epcot slash uh, personal experience. But, you know, I'm sure that there are things that you love about the World Showcase that we missed, maybe underrated aspects that we didn't talk about. If you have those, please share them with us. You can email us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com. You can send us a tweet at WDWDeciphered on Twitter or leave us a comment on the post for this episode on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Disney Deciphered. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Other than that, Leslie, thank you for taking the time to talk to me, and I will see you creeping around in the back of some World Showcase pavilion. Thanks, Joe. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 